today on Ring of Truth with Pastor Dan Sexton. But there's no condemnation for those who are in Christ Jesus. He doesn't condemn us. The gifts and calling of God are without repentance. He doesn't change His mind about us. And He promises to never leave us and never forsake us as His children. He'll never ever make a complete end of us and just say, I'm done with you and I'm just going to judge you. All of our sin was judged on the cross. Do you ever feel like God loves you less every time you make a mistake? Or do you ever wonder if He thinks you're the mistake? Stop living in those lies. Pastor Dan reminds you today that you're a child of God and therefore not a mistake. God doesn't change His mind about you no matter how many times you wander away from Him. He loves you so much that He sent Jesus to die on the cross for your sins, for your mistakes. God may discipline you, but He doesn't judge you, and He always loves you. Now here's Pastor Dan in the book of Jeremiah, chapter 45, for today's edition of Ring of Truth. Concerning the army of Pharaoh Necho, king of Egypt, which was by the river Euphrates and Carchemish, and which Nebuchadnezzar, king of Babylon, defeated in the fourth year of Jehoiakim, the son of Josiah, king of Judah. So this refers to the battle at Carchemish, that took place in 605 BC. This is like, he's talking about something that happened like 25 years earlier. 25 years before the destruction of Jerusalem and Judah. Carchemish, there was this battle that took place there. Why is Jeremiah talking about this battle that took place 25 years before, 30 years before, at Carchemish in 605 BC? Well, in 605 BC, the Egyptian army joined forces with what was left of the Assyrian army to fight the Babylonians. And the Egyptian army marched from Egypt up through the land of Israel up to Carchemish to fight against the Babylonians. And that battle took place at Carchemish. And the Egyptian and Assyrian army joined forces together and they were destroyed by the Babylonians. At Carchemish. It was like their battle of Gettysburg for the Egyptians. It was a huge loss. It was one of the worst defeats in Egypt's history. Huge. Now it's 25 years later, 30 years later, that remnant in Judah has fled down to Egypt for refuge from the Babylonians. And what does the Lord do? He reminds the people of Judah of Carchemish. You're trusting in Egypt. Don't you remember what happened at Carchemish? Don't you see the folly of trusting in Egypt and thinking that the Egyptians are going to protect you from the Babylonians? So he brings that up. Verses 1 and 2 about Carchemish. Now, verse 3 
it begins now in verse 3 to describe uh, really how Egypt viewed themselves as they marched off to fight this battle against the Babylonians at Carchemish. Verse 3, order the buckler and shield and draw near to battle. Harness the horses and mount up your horsemen. Stand forth with your helmets. Polish the spears. Put on the armor. You have this image here of the Egyptian army marching off. They're passing through the land of Israel, heading up to Carchemish. They're going to take on the Babylonians. And they've got their uniforms and their horses and their chariots. The Egyptians were very self-confident. They thought, there's no way we're going to lose. Look at our army. And as they marched through the land of Judah, the people of Judah saw the greatness of the Egyptian army. And in fact, the army of Judah and the Egyptian army entered into a battle at Megiddo. As Egypt was passing through, heading up to Carchemish, they get into a fight there at Megiddo. And the Egyptians just devastate the army of Judah. They killed Josiah the king in battle. He's wounded and he dies. And then the Egyptians just keep going. And they head up to Carchemish, full of confidence, right? There's no way they can lose. Verse 5, Then why have I seen them dismayed and turned back? Their mighty ones, speaking of the Egyptians, are beaten down. They have speedily fled and did not look back, for fear was all around, says the Lord. Do not let the swift flee away, nor the mighty man escape. They will stumble and fall toward the north by the river of Euphrates. Carchemish was on the river Euphrates. This is describing Egypt's defeat at Carchemish after winning this easy battle for them against Judah down at Megiddo. This great army marches up and they are humiliated. Look at verse 7. Who is this coming up like a flood whose waters move like the rivers? Egypt rises up like a flood and its waters move like the rivers. And he says, I will go up and cover the earth. I will destroy the cities and its inhabitants The Egyptian army was like the Nile River flooding all of the earth, flooding the land, covering the land. Their army was so large. Verse 8, Egypt boasted that it will cover all the earth like a flood, destroying the cities and their people. Again, Egypt was was confident, self-confident. Overly confident. What does the Bible say? Pride goes before the fall, right? And here they go in their pride, marching off. Fight the Babylonians, passing through the land of Israel, you know, like a flood, flooding the land, unstoppable. Come up, O horses, and rage, O chariots, and let the mighty men come forth, the Ethiopians and the Libyans who handle the shield, and the Lydians who handle and bend the bow. These were all grouped in with the Egyptian army. Verse 10, the Egyptian army you know, charges confidently into battle against the Babylonians, but they're swiftly defeated. For this is the day of the Lord God of hosts, the God of armies. It's a day of vengeance, that he may avenge himself on his adversaries. 
The sword shall devour. It shall be satiated and made drunk with their blood. For the Lord God of hosts has a sacrifice. And the north country by the river Euphrates. This, this is the day of the vengeance of the Lord against Egypt. For the way that the Egyptians treated the children of Israel. The day of vengeance finally comes around. Where God takes vengeance on them. He describes Egypt as a sacrifice of the Lord God. An offering that he's making. And then the Lord says to Egypt, go up to Gilead and take balm. O virgin, the daughter of Egypt, in vain you will use many medicines. You shall not be cured. Uh, the, the region of Gilead was known for its balms and its ointments and its medicine. It was, they sent medicine throughout the ancient world. It was known throughout the world for its medicines that they created and made there. And here the point is there's no remedy that will help Egypt. There's no medicine. There's nothing they can do to save them from God's wrath, from God's judgment. You shall not be cured. Verse 12 says, The nations have heard of your shame, and your cry has filled the land, for the mighty man has stumbled against the mighty. They both have fallen. They're mighty warriors in the battle against the Babylonians, They became confused in the battle. They became afraid. They ran into each other. We actually know because the Babylonians kept chronicles of their battles. They're called the Chronicles of Babylon or the Babylonian Chronicles. They write about this battle at Carchemish. And the Babylonian army talks about, they write about how the Babylonian army caught the Egyptians by surprise at Carchemish. And the Egyptian army was so confused and so afraid that they literally dropped their weapons on the battlefield and fled on foot. Just as it says how they ran and they didn't look back. And the Babylonians just chased them down and slaughtered them. And and according to the Babylonian chronicles, whether it's an exaggeration or not, we don't know. But they, they claim nobody, they didn't let any of the Egyptians escape. They killed them all on the battlefield. Verse 13 says, The word that the Lord spoke to Jeremiah the prophet how Nebuchadnezzar, king of Babylon, would come and strike the land of Egypt. So now this is looking ahead into the future. The first 12 verses are looking back to this battle at Carchemish that happened some 25 or 30 years before this. Now the Lord says Nebuchadnezzar is going to come into the land of Egypt and he's going to strike the land of Egypt. Verse 14, declare in Egypt and proclaim in Migdal, proclaim in Nav, Tophany. These are all Egyptian cities. Say, stand fast and prepare yourselves for the sword devours all around you. Declare throughout all of Egypt, get ready for battle. The Babylonians are coming. The Babylonian sword will devour everything around you, it says. Why are your valiant men swept away? They did not stand because the Lord drove them away. This is the Lord's doing. Egypt's defeat is the Lord's doing. He made many fall. Yes, one fell upon another. And they said, arise, let us go back to our own people and to the land of our nativity. 
from the oppressing sword. They cried there, Pharaoh, the king of Egypt, is but a noise. He has passed by the appointed time. Pharaoh, you're all talk. Pharaoh, you're all talk and no action. Pastor Dan will have more to share from today's Ring of Truth study in just a moment. But right now, we'd like to invite you to worship with us this Sunday morning. Here's Pastor Dan to tell you a little more. I heard recently that many people who listen to Christian radio are not part of a local church. Hey, if that's you, I'd like for you to join us this weekend as our guest at Calvary Chapel located in Columbia, Maryland. The teachings you've enjoyed here on Ring of Truth are from messages I've shared with the congregation at Calvary Chapel. We have two meeting times on Sundays at 9 and 11 a.m. You can find out more and get directions at our website, calvaryec.com. That's calvaryec.com. Now let's get back to today's message on Ring of Truth. And your time is up. As I live, says the king, verse 18, whose name is the Lord of hosts, the Lord of armies, surely as Tabor is among the mountains and as Carmel by the sea, so he shall come. Now Tabor and Carmel are two mountains in the land of Israel. And they're very high mountains in the land of Israel. They overlook the valley of Megiddo which these armies would pass through as they're traveling. The Babylonian army would pass through that valley as they're heading down to Egypt. The Egyptian army passed through that valley as they're heading up to Carchemish. It's the main travel route through the land of Israel, the main highway. And these two mountains are very prominent features along that highway through the land. They sit high above the land. You can go up to the top of Tabor or Carmel today, And you have an amazing view. For miles and miles and miles, you can see the land of Israel. And what what he's saying here, just as Tabor and Carmel rise above Israel, Babylon will rise above Egypt and rule over Egypt and dominate Egypt. Verse 19, O you daughter dwelling in Egypt, prepare yourself to go into captivity for Nov shall be waste and desolate without inhabitant. Get ready to go into captivity. Now this is before the battle's even taken place. Before the Babylonians have even arrived in Egypt. Egypt is a very pretty heifer. (laughs) I'm not exactly sure what that means, but... (laughs) But Egypt is a very pretty heifer. But destruction comes. It comes from the north. It, It seems to be saying... You know, Egypt is like this big, fat, beautiful cow that's ready for slaughter. And the slaughter's coming from the north, from the Babylonians. And her mercenaries are in her midst like fat bulls, for they also are turned back. They have fled away together. The hired mercenaries from other nations are just going to flee when they hear the Babylonians are, gonna, are coming. They have no loyalty to Egypt. They have fled away together. They did not stand for the day of their calamity had come upon them. The time of their punishment. Her noise shall go like a serpent for they shall march with an army and come against her with axes like those who chop wood. Egypt will be no match for the Babylonians, for the Babylonian army. No more of a match than a tree is for a lumberjack with an axe. You know, the, the tree's going to lose every time, right? The Babylonians are like, an, a, you know, lumberjacks coming into the forest and just cutting down trees as they go. 
Nothing can stop them. They shall cut down her forest, says the Lord, though it cannot be searched because they are innumerable, more numerous than grasshoppers. The daughter of Egypt shall be ashamed. She shall be delivered into the hand of the people of the north. The Lord of hosts, the God of Israel, says, Behold, I will bring punishment on Ammon of No and Pharaoh and Egypt with their gods and their kings, Pharaoh and those who trust in him, and I will deliver them into the hand of those who seek their lives, into the hand of Nebuchadnezzar, king of Babylon, and the hand of his servants. Afterward, it shall be inhabited as in the days of old, says the Lord. So here in verse 26, the Lord says, you know, Egypt will be conquered and defeated by the Babylonians under Nebuchadnezzar. But he says, afterward, it will be inhabited again. So he's not going to completely wipe them out forever. He's not going to just wipe them off the map. It will be inhabited again, but they're going to be defeated by the Babylonians. And now in verse 27, the Lord turns to Israel, the people of Israel, and reassures them. One of the reasons that God now reassures the people of Israel at this point is because, as I've already said, the Babylonian army is going to march through the land of Israel. To get down to Egypt. And they're going to enter in. At the northern part of Israel. And they're going to march all the way through. The whole length of the country. To get down to Egypt. So the most powerful. Feared army in the world. Is about to invade their land. And march through their land. Which I'm sure struck fear. In the people of Israel. That's why God is reassuring them. To give us, you know, kind of a context for it maybe. You know, imagine if Canada wants to go to war against Mexico and the whole Canadian military. I know that's not very fearful. It's not like the Babylonians or anything, right? But just, you know, just work with me on the illustration. But if the Canadian army just came and invaded and came across our border with all of their soldiers, all of their equipment, and just started marching through the United States, we'd be a little concerned. Are they invading us? Are they stopping here? Are they just passing through? And so the people of Israel were concerned because the Babylonians are in the land. So the Lord reassured Israel. And he reassures them by reminding them that that he has a, a future and a plan for them. Verse 27, But do not fear, O my servant Jacob, and do not be dismayed, O Israel, for behold, I will save you from afar and your offspring from the land of their captivity. Jacob shall return and have rest and be at ease. And no one shall make him afraid. So here it's talking about the children of Israel that are in captivity in Babylon. One day they will return, they will have rest, and they will be at ease. And that's never happened. They've returned to the land on different occasions. They returned to the land after the Babylonian captivity. In modern times, they've returned to the land in 1948, became a nation, birthed as a nation again. They've returned to the land, but there's never been a time where Israel has had rest and been at ease, where no one has made Israel afraid. 
This is looking ahead to the kingdom age, when Jesus Christ returns. Then, then, the people of Israel will have rest and be at ease, and no one will make them afraid. He goes on to say in verse 28, Do not fear, O Jacob, my servant, says the Lord, for I am with you. That's always God's answer for fear in the Bible. His presence with us. He always says that. Don't fear, I am with you. For I will make a complete end of all the nations to which I have driven you. But I will not make a complete end of you. I will rightly correct you. For I will not leave you wholly unpunished. So God says here that he will make a complete end to, of all the nations to which he drove the Israelites, those nations that mistreated Jewish people. But he says, but I will not make a complete end of you. God is judging the nations, but he's correcting Israel. There's a difference. There's a big difference, right? The Bible talks about how God chastens whom he loves. Just as a father chastens his child because he loves his child. Here God is very clear to say he's judging those nations. He's going to bring those nations to an end. But he's not going to bring the nation of Israel to an end. He's correcting them. He's punishing them for their sin. And what's the application for us? Well, God may correct us. He may chasten us for our sin, but he's not going to make a full end of us. He's not going to just do away with us and just say, you know what, I'm done. I'm through. I'm done dealing with you. He promises to never leave us and never forsake us. Yes, there may be periods of time in life, seasons in life where we're being corrected for misbehavior by the Lord. But there's no condemnation for those who are in Christ Jesus. He doesn't condemn us. The gifts and calling of God are without repentance. He doesn't change his mind about us. And he promises to never leave us and never forsake us as his children. He'll never ever make a complete end of us and just say, I'm done with you and I'm just going to judge you. All of our sin was judged on the cross. And so now, God deals with us as his children, and he loves us, and he's got a future for us, and he's got a plan for us. And yes, sometimes when we get out uh, out of line, we need to be chasing back into line. But it doesn't mean that God is judging us, and it doesn't mean that God is forsaking us. He's just correcting us, and he's conforming us into the image of his son, and he will never leave us and he will never forsake us ever, ever, ever. He asked me how I know, and I say, brings truer than the finest crystal. That's all we have time for today on Ring of Truth. If you'd like to hear more teachings from Pastor Dan, we invite you to visit our website, calvaryec.com. There you'll have access to our library of previous messages available to listen to online or download to take with you on the go. You can also subscribe to our podcast on iTunes. Each time we post a new teaching, you'll get a notification and be able to listen right away. 
We're so blessed to be able to provide you with insightful messages taken straight from the pages of God's Word. We pray you've been encouraged today by what you've heard. We'd like to take a moment to ask you to partner with us as we continue to build this ministry. God is using programs like Ring of Truth to share the message of the gospel through a virtual mission field. Now, more than ever, people are being reached through radio and online teachings. We're so glad we could be a part of it, and we're eager to see where God will take us next. Would you join us in seeking God's will for this ministry? We'd also ask that you keep our listeners in your prayers, that they'll be open to how God is speaking to them. We know God listens to the prayers of His people, and we appreciate you partnering with us in this way. Thanks for joining us today. We encourage you to take the things you're learning in this study and apply them in your daily life. In our next edition, Pastor Dan will continue teaching verse by verse, chapter by chapter, through the book of Jeremiah, here on Ring of Truth. I see the signs and I recognize them.